If you're tired of the superficial and you're craving real conversation about life, relationships, fears, doubts, and the divine in the middle of it, this is the place for you. My name is Anna Dimmel, and I'm a blogger, writer, and former pastor. And it's my passion to build bridges, not walls, through honest, real conversation and connection. And I want that for you. This is the show that will help you do that and give you not only inspiration and connection, but will help you leave the superficial for good and form the real connections you're craving. Your story matters, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Welcome back to the Behind the Mirror podcast. Today, we're talking about success how to build success, how to be your biggest fan. Maybe you have a dream of being a a writer, a singer, a photographer, a businessman, a real estate agent. It could be anything. Whatever your dream is, it matters and it's there for a reason. Today in our episode, we're going to talk about these dreams that are inside us, how to awaken them and be passionate about them again how to pursue them, and how to not feel like we have to constantly apologize for the things that we feel we're good at. We're also going to talk about how your personal view of God reflects how you see yourself and your ability to succeed. Such great stuff today. And this is something I'm passionate about. I am passionate about seeing people blossom into who they were meant to be. I am passionate about seeing you succeed in whatever it is that you are purposed to do. So, great stuff packed in this episode. Before we dig into that, we have another five-star review on iTunes. Yay! This is by Ashley Drew. She says, This podcast is honest and real. Thank you for sharing. When you cry, know we are crying with you. And I love that so much. This podcast has been full of ugly, raw moments, as I promised you guys from the beginning it would be. And so, Ashley, thanks for hanging with me, sister. Thanks for being in the trenches with me. Love it. Love you. If you like what we're doing here, if you like this show, do me a favor, go to iTunes, give us a five-star review, and not only could you might be mentioned in an episode, but you're going to help spread the word of what we're doing here and help bring other people to this podcast. So go to iTunes, do me a favor, like us, subscribe, write a review. It means the world to those of us who work really hard to bring you this content. So Without any further ado, here is the show all about success and going after your dreams. Here we go. Hey there, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. So glad you're here. 
Today, we are hitting a topic that is near and dear to my heart and truthfully was something I completely misunderstood for most of my adult life. And it's the topic of success. You know, having grown up in the church, I was raised to believe that success was something that God gave you. It wasn't something that you should ever pursue or long for or run towards, but it's something that you need to be very humble about, very quiet about, and just wait until the heavens open and God deems you worthy of being successful at something. The tragedy of this mindset is that so many amazingly talented, brilliant people who have gifts to give to this world, who have a voice that this world needs, who have a a place waiting for them in conversation, in, in groups, in different niches, in different social settings, right? Like there's a place for them, but they sit on their hands and they're quiet waiting for God to somehow send a message from heaven. I don't know if we like expect a dove to like fly down with a little letter inside its beak that says, now is your appointed time. You may now promote yourself on social media, right? Like it's really silly how much we feel pressure when you're inside of a Christian community to be quote unquote humble. Okay, so let me just tell you how this journey has played out for me. And I and I think I shared some of this in the episode where I talk about patriarchy. And if you are a woman and if you're a man, it's a valuable episode because I I, I take apart um, this mindset, if you will, this this picture that we have inside of many Christian circles where women specifically cannot promote themselves or or run after what they're passionate about. Um, without a man's approval or a man's authority. Okay, that whole idea, God himself completely dismantles and disrupts throughout scripture. And And I talk all about that. I'm super passionate about that. I talk about that in that episode. So if that piques your interest, I encourage you, um, to go back and listen to that episode. But this idea isn't just for women of needing approval. This idea is for men too. It's it's this idea that we have to have some God-ordained approval to run after our goals. Now, you'll be encouraged, right, along the journey to, well, pursue your goals, but but make sure that you're allowing God to promote you and you're not promoting yourself. All right. So let me just, like I said, let me play this out for how um, it's been in my life. So I was brought up under the whole patriarchal mindset um, that was subtly and non-subtly taught in church. So not only did I need God's approval, which is what we're talking about today, but I also needed men's approval. I needed the authority above me, if you will, to approve or promote or push or what have you, provide a platform for me to do what I felt called to do. Now, for someone who has something burning inside them to do, which was how I've been since the day I learned how to talk, it's torture. It is torture sitting there waiting for someone to say you're worthy to bring what you have to the table. It's tormenting. And and I let go of that. Somewhere in my early 20s, I realized that if I held on to that mindset And I didn't follow the passions that I knew God put inside of me to do, 
and to be, I was going to die. Like I was going to wither up and and fall apart. If there's something in you that you feel so passionate about doing, if there's something in you that you feel like, if I don't do this thing, I I can't get it out of my head. I, I, I think about it. I dream about it. If I'm really, really honest and I'm not afraid of what someone might think about me, this is the one thing I would want to go pursue or go become or what have you. If you're a person that has something like that in you, which I believe all of us do, having to sit on that is is horribly deflating. And and eventually people just the, the flame kinda kinda withers away and, and gets snuffed out and and they just find this settlement of contentment of not being their best self. Because here's the deal. Every single one of us was made with a purpose. Every single one of us was made with a passion. Every single one of us was made to do something and leave a mark on this world. We all were. And here's a little secret. There's room enough for everybody. I think a lot of times, especially in um, in ministry or in um, anything kind of arts related, such as writing, such as singing, um, anything musical, um, speaking, teaching, performing anything, a lot of people feel like, well, that market is saturated. Like there's not room for me. There's not room for my voice. And that's so ridiculous because you have a way of, of saying maybe a same message that someone else is saying, but the message that rings true in you, that you resonate with, that that rattles in your brain at night too. And no one has the life experience that you have. No one can bring into that market or bring into that niche what you can bring because there's no one else like you. There's no one else who sounds like you. There's no one else who has the skill set exactly the way that you have to bring to the table. So don't ever get caught up in that idea that there's not room for me. I have to sit on my hands unless God, you know, sends a crazy rainbow from the sky that says, now I can do something. No, 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 no. There's room for you. The world is waiting for you to show up. And especially now, and I, and I think this is why I'm passionate about this right now, not only in my own life and going after um, and I've always, stepping back, I have not struggled to go after what I want. I have struggled to own and be brave enough to really say everything in the arena that I find myself in a lot. Whether it be writing, whether it be teaching, whether it be speaking, I have found myself not dumbing it down. I wouldn't say that, but being mindful of, oh, this might shake things up too much. And I would, I would dip my toe in the water of being a little bit <laughs> on the outside of my way um, of thinking about God or my way of, of thinking about the way things should be done inside church or my way of thinking about relationships or my way of thinking about marriage or whatever. I tend to usually have kind of an alternative point of view. And that's good and that's needed, but I didn't see it as good and needed until recently. I saw it as as threatening the status quo and that that could mean rejection. Right? And that is the that is the thing that keeps so many of us trapped and not stepping in fully to who we are meant to be because we're terrified of being rejection, but you know what? 
the more you step into your authentic self, the more you step towards your passion, the more you start funneling all of those creative energy, all of the things you're passionate about, all of those dreams, right? Reawakening those dreams inside of you that maybe you talked yourself out of or thought were too ridiculous or thought that's not a humble enough dream, right? When you start allowing those things to funnel down from your head and really start beating in your heart, what explodes out of you is contagious. That's why we're drawn towards people who are, who are authentic. We might not even agree with everything an authentic person has to say or everything that they are a part of or everything that they do, but we're attracted to them anyway because there's something tangible about transparency, about authenticity, about passion. We all long for that. And when you see someone passionate about something that is real to them, you listen. We may not agree, and that's okay, but we still listen. We want to be in on the conversation they're in on. So I heard this quote um, the other day, and I just had to share it with you. It just, it's been rattling in me, and I know it's going to rattle inside you too. And this is by Steve Colbert, and it said, he said um, in an interview, he said, you can't love something until you can accept it. And I think that I could run with that quote a thousand different directions, but staying focused on this idea of your passions, things you want to be successful in, things that you feel called, purposed to do, you have to love yourself. And I know, I know, it's like, uh oh, she's getting woo woo. She's going all new agey on us. She's like, tapping into the whole love train of love yourself. She's going to be a tree hugger now, right? Nothing wrong with tree huggers. Nothing wrong with some of the woo-woo stuff either. But let me just say, if you don't love you, how can you expect people around you to love you? At least not fully, because even you are rejecting you. And so you project this image to the rest of the world around you of, I'm not worthy. My voice shouldn't be heard. I'm not good enough. I just need to stay quiet over here. And that's not at all the life God wants for us. Remember that verse about let your light shine, right? Don't hide it under a bushel or a basket. I I can't remember now how I remember the song. But put it up on a hill, right? Or put it on a lampstand, depending on the translation. Like shine away, shine. And the thing is, is that I I think in, in our, uh, some of the theology that we've been taught teaches us that, well, that's the light of God. That's the light of the gospel. We need to shine the gospel message. Well, okay. What is the gospel message to you? That God so loved you that he sent his only son for you as a gift To do what? To leave you in misery? To leave you quiet? To leave all your passions unmet? To leave all of your dreams unfulfilled? Is is that the, the gospel message? Or was the gospel message, um, that God so hated the world that he sent his only son to die on your behalf because you were so terrible? You know, it's a, it's a subtle, subtle shift in how you see yourself, in how you see the gospel message. Do you think God so loved you that he sent his son 
to give as a gift, to be in communion, to be in connection, to, to show us how to live in such a way that models the heart of God. Do you believe that? Or do you believe another message that says you were so awful and he hated you so much that he had to kill and murder his own son on your behalf? You see, the way that you see that storyline has a lot to do with how you see yourself and how much shame and self-loathing and self-hatred and unworthiness you choose to carry with yourself everywhere you go even into your career, even into your work arena, even into your passions and your hobbies and your creative interests, like it goes with you. So when I see that verse, which says, shine your light for the world to see, don't hide it, put it up for everyone to see. I see that message as I am so loved, I am beloved for exactly who I am. And what comes inside of me is all of these little things that I have to give to the world, all these little gifts, all these interests, all these passions, all of these these things I feel like burning in my bones that I have to do before I leave this place. Like I come hardwired with all these things to give. And so when I hear that verse, I find encouragement and I find a push and I find a, a like force that's saying, hey, get a microphone and do your thing. Don't hide it. Don't apologize for it. God's like, I put this in you for a reason for such a time as this. Go do that thing. Learn about it. Get good at it. And then don't hide it. Right? God gave you a mouth. God gave you skills. God gave you a brain. God gave you two hands. He gave you two legs. Go use all the tools that he's given you and bring what you have to offer to this world. You know, a lot of us find ourselves um, letting those dreams start to die. And I don't know when that happens in adulthood, right? Because when we're kids, it's like, you could just dream for days. You know, I mean, I hear some of the things that my kids say they want to be when they grow up. And it's, I mean, it varies from kid to kid, but they're these huge, crazy dreams, right? And I have to remind myself, like, we're supposed to be childlike. And I find myself, like, calling that out in me, like, okay, little child inside there, get wild again with wonder, get excited again about endless possibilities. Because if I'm growing in my faith, if I'm growing in this connection with a divine force that is pulsing and moving and breathing and connecting all the things around me, well, then the possibilities should be endless. Right? So... You can't love something until you can accept it. So we talked about the love piece, right? Like God so loved you that he gave. Okay, if we go with that idea, loving yourself should be a natural fruit of that. But what I love about this quote is he says, you can't love something until you can accept it. And I think for many of us, 
myself in this mix for a long time and still at times struggling with this. I have to accept what I came into this world with. I have to say it is well with me what I came prepackaged with. So I can't look at somebody next to me and and be jealous or envious of what they have going. Or I can't look at this person across the street and be pissed off and mad that they got something I didn't get, right? When I was younger, all I wanted to be was like a famous singer. I mean, I would just practice and practice and practice and like, you know, dream in my mind about being a famous singer. And I can sing fine. I have like a choir voice, okay? Like I can carry a note. I can sing, but I certainly don't need to be like the head honcho. Like that's not the gift God gave me. And I remember moments of feeling so jealous of other people who could just like, I mean, I had this friend and she, it was like singing was like butter for her. I mean, she just opened her mouth and like her range was crazy and riffs galore. And I was just like, ugh, you know, like, okay, look at me, you know? And feeling so less than and so jealous. Like, why couldn't I have had a voice like that? I had to learn to accept what I had to bring. And when you begin accepting the things that you're good at, the things that you naturally like, the things that naturally make you tick, the things that you're really, really driven by and passionate about, when you accept who you are and the way you came, things start to click. And once you accept them and you sit with them and you get comfortable with them and you get at ease in your own skin with, okay, this is what I'm good at. This is what I want for my life. This is what I'm naturally able to do in this scenario or that scenario, right? Whatever. I want to get better. I want to hone these things. I want to make them the best that I can make them. And the more you accept who you are, naturally the happier you're going to be. And and ironically, what what I found was as soon as I let go of what everybody else was doing and I just settled into, okay, I'm me. I'm different. I don't always do things the conventional way. I don't always think of things the conventional way, but I I know how to get where I want to go doing things the way I know how to do them. It doesn't fit the MO. It doesn't fit the right path, right? But this is how I'm wired. And the more I was at ease with that and the more I settled into that, it's like the path lit up in front of me. Remember on Indiana Jones when like the the path starts just appearing before his feet? It's kind of like that moment happens gradually over time where you just start seeing your next step. You start settling into who you are, accepting what you've been given, making everything that you have inside of you the best it can be because you're not ashamed of it. You're not quote unquote overly humble about it. You're just like owning it. You're really starting to own you. When that happens, loving that part of you comes to life. And there is nothing more freeing than being able to look yourself in the mirror and love what you see. And I'm not talking superficial. I'm not talking about your weight or your hair or the color of skin you have. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about looking in the mirror and making eye contact. 
If that's not something you've done in a while, I encourage you to do it because it's powerful. Like you can look yourself in the eye dead on and you, and you peer a bit into your soul. And when you can do that and you love what you see, you see your story, you see what you've overcome, you see bravery, you see courage, you see strength, you see grit, and then you see the softness, you see the tenderness, you see the, the fragile parts, you see the breakability, you see the experience that you carry, you see the journey that only you know because only you walked it. When you can see that, and you can own it, you fall in love with it. And when that happens, it's not hard to chase what you want. It's not hard to not like feel like you have to apologize for it. Um, when I was kind of transitioning out of this whole mindset of having to be quiet and having to be humble and not self-promote and get all that garbage out of my head, when I started transitioning out of that, there were three words that I decided to take out of my vocabulary. Sorry, just, and but. And this was a, a challenge for me because I didn't, you don't realize how much you say these words until you are aware of how much you say these words. That word, sorry, I cannot tell you how present it was in my dialogue all the time about everything, especially when it came to what I felt called to do. For instance, you know, like an email, I'm, I'm really sorry, I don't mean to bother you, but I just feel like, you know, if you want me to write a piece for you, I think, I, I think I'd be good at it, but I'm really sorry, you know, if I'm bothering you, I know you've got a lot going on, hope you're doing well by, right? Like, I had this, like, apologetic posture for a long time in person, too, you know, like, if I piped up in a meeting and had something to add, Oh, I'm so so sorry. I, I don't I don't mean to to interrupt. I just I I just really wanted to say, ugh, I had to get rid of that. I don't need to apologize for what's inside of me that I know is my light that I'm supposed to put out there for the world to see. I don't need to apologize. You don't have to take it, right? Like I could have sent that email and just said, hey, I have a great idea for a guest piece on this newsletter or this blog or whatever. I'm a great writer. I'd love to write it. Let me know if there's an opportunity for me here. I'd love to be a part of your team or whatever you were going after, right? You don't have to apologize for asking to do what you're good at. You don't have to apologize for asking to have a piece of the conversation. We've got to get over that, which leads me into that next word, the just word. Oh my word. This is a word I was like, can I just like slaughter this word forever? So much usage in my vocabulary. Well, I just wanted to say, or I, you know, I just wanted to follow up and see if you got my last email. Oh, I just, you know, I was just wanted to call and just, and just see about the possibility. I mean, do you, do you hear like the tone of that? Rather than I wanted to follow up on my last email. I reached out to you about X, Y, Z. Or, hey, I'm calling you today because I wanted to talk to you and get feedback about this idea I have. I'd like to come do whatever. 
Do you hear the difference? Right? And again, it goes back to that idea of how do we view ourselves and our worthiness? How do we view ourselves and and the place that we carry in the world? Okay, and the last word, that but word, this is more of an internal thing. I don't hear myself say this as much out loud as I hear it inside my head, which is, well, I really want to set a goal to accomplish this by 2019 or, you know, whatever your goal is. But I'm a mom. I've got four kids. I just went through a divorce. I don't know if that's a feasible goal. Well, I really wanted to take up learning this because I think it would really help me in these ventures I'm trying to get into. But I don't have enough college behind me, but I don't know that I have the time. But I don't know if I'd be any good at adding that in, right? Like that but word is a murderer of dreams. I swear, it totally is. And the best thing you can do for yourself is like nip that thing, like get it out, get it out of your vocabulary. Because if you think that you can do something, even if it's crazy, you're probably going to do it. Our minds are like the most powerful weapon that we have. So if you set your mind on something and you sincerely commit to it and you really believe you could do it, it could be the craziest thing that you are completely unqualified to jump into. And the odds of you succeeding, or at least like getting your foot in the door, are really high. But when you put that butt clause on there, it's like you've already given yourself all the reasons that you're going to fail. And you start absorbing those reasons and accepting those reasons. And then you just sit and don't do what you're supposed to do. God hasn't given you dreams and plans and passions to just sit dormant and torment you for the rest of your days. We're not meant to live that way. We are little God image bears running around. And God is the most creative, strong, passionate go-getter that there is. And he created you. So you bear that image. You're driven. You're powerful. You're creative. You're capable. You're strong. You have the drive. You have everything in you to do what you've been called to do. And the things that you don't know about, that you know you want to know about because you know it's going to back whatever it is that you want to do, Set a small goal. Go do that first step. Maybe it's a a college class that you want to take. Maybe it's an online class. Maybe it's just registering a domain for a business you want to start. And just take the first step and just register the domain. Maybe you want to write. Maybe you have a dream of writing your story or writing a blog or writing a book. Sit your butt in the chair and write. It doesn't have to be good. Trust me. There's like a million drafts of everything I've ever put out. And what finally makes it to people that read it is way different than what I started with. So sit down and just try your hand at it. Maybe you want to go like venture into photography. Take a class. Go buy a camera. Make an investment, right? Like just do something to set a small doable goal that says, I'm in, I, I've got skin in the game. I'm in this. I want this. And just start slowly marking things off your list, right? The end goal, right, the big dream at the end can feel overwhelming. It can feel impossible. It can feel like there's no way I will ever get there. But you don't just get there overnight. It's, it's a lot of small steps leading there. 
And the beauty is the journey because that's where we learn. That's where we grow. That's what makes us better human beings. If we were just given something, right? Like the lottery, for example, if you're just given a million dollars, you're not going to appreciate it or, or feel ownership of it like you would if you'd earned it. If you'd put sweat in the game, if you had worked hard, hit some bumps along the road, hit some failures, maybe hit a bankruptcy, right? But then you eventually work hard and hard to get that million dollars. You're so, you feel worthy of it at that point. You feel like I've earned this. This did not come easy, but I worked hard and I got here. It's the same thing with a dream. Being a dream of a professional singer, using that example, You're not going to get discovered by someone hearing you sing in your car and then have a platinum record and win an award for it overnight. You're not going to be ushered into the Grammys right away, right? That's not how it works. In fact, if you pay attention to interviews in whatever arena you want to be in, I'll just use the singing one for an example, you hear these stories of them being broke for some of them like 10, 15 years singing for free in bars that didn't even pay attention to them, right? And writing music that no one was listening to and getting turned down by record labels over and over again. But they didn't care because they knew that they were meant to do that thing. And so they kept doing that thing because they loved that thing. And eventually, little by little, people started paying attention. Little by little, people started noticing their voice, hard work, little goals. It really does pay off. It really does. There's so much um, inside of you that I want you to tap into. You were made for great things. You are made to do the impossible. You were made to, to run after whatever it is that you feel passionate about. God put that in you for a reason and he's given you a mind and he's giving you a soul and he's giving you life experience. All the little things in your life probably add up to that thing. They probably do. So don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid to dream again. Don't be afraid to like be wide-eyed like a little kid again at the, at the possibilities of the life that you want. One of the best pieces of advice I was given um, when I was setting my goals and setting out the things that I wanted to do was to write down what I wanted my life to look like. If I let myself dream, what do I want that life to look like? And I did, and I, and I put it down, and I looked at it, and I said to myself, okay, I can't be afraid of this. I can't be like embarrassed about this or feel like, Ooh, that's too big. Or, Ooh, that sounds prideful or, you know, no, 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 no. We're getting rid of all of that. If this is in me and this is what I feel like I am like meant to do. Okay. How do we get there? What are the small steps I can take today? And I just started with small steps. You know, and I wrote my first book, I don't even have a college degree. I didn't, go to any writing seminars. No one taught me how to write a book. I just wanted to. And so I sat down and I wrote. I read books enough to know the idea of the word count, to know the idea of the rhythm and the flow and the chapter outlines. Like I paid attention to other written works and I just self-taught myself. 
And before you know it, I had a book. One chapter at a time, I had a book. And then it got published. Who would have known? And then people read it. Who would have known? And then I got to travel around and talk about it. Who would have known? Right? I didn't see any of that coming. Nothing in my, you know, quote unquote, education set me up for that. I just knew I had a message to say. I knew I had something I had to create. I knew there was something in me I had to pursue. And I was just silly enough, childlike enough, brave enough, whatever title you want to put on it, to actually believe I could do it. And I did it. And I've tried to carry that message with me into the other things in my life that I feel passionate about. And that's, that's what I want for you. I want to serve you. I want to inspire you to be exactly who you were meant to be. I heard a quote that the other day that said, be your biggest fan. Trust and believe in who you are. And that's what I'm hoping to spark in you today, that you can become your biggest fan because you're amazing. You are gold. Nobody is like you. You have a voice. You have something in you that no one else has that the world needs. And so I just want to breathe life into that part of you and, and, and breathe hope back into dreams maybe you have felt hopeless about. It's never too late. You're never too old. You're never too far gone to pursue everything that's put inside of you to do. I hope this encouraged you. Reach out. Tell me your dreams. I want to be your fan. I want to hear about them. I want to encourage them. I want to know the crazy things that you feel you're supposed to do. Let's talk about it. Reach out to me. I, I respond on Instagram if you find me on there. Um, I'm at Anna Dimmel. You can find me on Facebook, Anna Dimmel again. You can find me on my blog, justajesusfollower.com. You can reach out to me and email me that way. I, I usually respond fairly quickly. Would love, love to hear from you and hear the dreams that, that, is, that are sparking in you. Hope to hear from you guys soon. Hey there, I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. You can find my blog and links to my Instagram and Facebook account on my website at justajesusfollower.com. I hope you join us next week for another raw, honest conversation. In the meantime, go in peace and know that you are enough.